It is probably the best-known underdog story of all time. A young shepherd from Bethlehem, carrying only his sling and five smooth stones, faces off against a well-armed Philistine giant, David versus Goliath, and the fate of Israel's army lies in the balance. Welcome to our Shalom Y'all Ministries podcast. Hi, I'm your co-host, Adam Keim, alongside my good friend, Dr. Daniel McCabe. Hey, Adam. The purpose of our podcast is to teach and encourage those who love the Bible, the land of the Bible, and the people of the land. We also lead educational tours to Israel, for we have seen how a walk through the land will deepen your own walk with the Lord and forever change the way you read your Bible. That's right, Adam, and thanks a lot for uh, working alongside of me for this podcast. I'm really looking forward to our time together, and I have a really deep respect for you, for your family, for um, your love for the Word of God, which I share with you. And I don't know if the listeners even know, but we used to be next-door neighbors. Sure did. Yeah. Well, let me tell our listeners about uh, our podcast. It's centered around the acronym SHALOM, which means peace in Hebrew. S stands for scripture study, H stands for the history and geography of Israel, A for archaeology, L for life in the land of Israel, O for on-the-ground tours, and M stands for media and resources. That's what we're about, and we're glad you've joined us. Well, in our first segment each week of the podcast, we'll take a few minutes to cover various topics, could be anything, including stories from Israel, the latest archaeological findings, discoveries in the scriptures that we've made, trivia, and more that we hope you'll enjoy. Well, Adam, I'm a Texas boy. I think uh, you know that. I was raised here uh, for, from the time I was a little fella to the time I was in college and worked for a while in Texas, moved to Louisiana for a few years to pastor there, and then came back to Texas. And I, I just, I love um, growing up there and the people there, but now I'm living in Alabama and my mm-hmm. wife's uh, from here. So this is her home state. I'm looking out my window of my office today, and the northern winds are blowing pretty good, which means that s'mores and pumpkin pie are just around the corner. Mm, yes. But it also means that my wife, an Auburn Tigers fan, I don't know what college you root for, Adam. Well, uh, from Minnesota, I kind of defaulted to the Golden Gophers, I suppose. But... Okay. Well, my wife's an Auburn Tigers fan, and uh, she'll soon be watching college basketball. The Tigers have had an interesting summer. In early August, the men's basketball team traveled to Israel for some tune-up games. They cruised their first two games against the Israeli under-20 team and against an Israeli select all-star team before falling to the Israeli national team 95-86 on Monday, August 8th. It's a team, the Israeli national team now, it's a team that is led by Denny Avdia. He's the ninth or was the ninth overall pick in the 20. 20 NBA draft. So he's a fantastic wow. player. Yep. Who drafted I wrote him? Oh, uh, the Washington Wizards did. Uh, yeah. You Wizards. can, yep. You can read about that in our May 7th, 2022 weekly, which, by the way, can be found on the archives page of our website at shalomyallministries.org. Shalomyallministries.org. No spaces, no apostrophe. Um, but anyway, back to the Auburn Tigers. A little rough math tells me that. The average age of the Tigers players is about 21, 
and the average age of the Israeli national team is 28. So I think we can say that the Tigers did pretty well there in August against the Israeli teams. So Daniel, when you read the Gospels, you might come across a phrase, something along the lines of, Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum, like we see in John 6, 59. Well, the nugget that I want to share with you this week is the synagogue of Capernaum. Now, it's a very popular spot for travelers to Israel. It's, it's one of my favorite places to go, and I know you love it as well. Yeah, we were just back. Uh, we were just there in September and had a great time looking around the site. It's a great visit. Every time I've been there, I always look forward to it. And there, you can actually walk through the remains of a stunning limestone building. It's beautiful that you would easily recognize it as an ancient synagogue. It, in some ways, it kind of looks almost like a little church building. But the limestone structure that you see is modern, so to speak, from the 4th century AD. Now, anything after Jesus's day can kind of be considered modern in my book. But that building rests right on top of a basalt stone foundation. And basalt is a darker volcanic rock. And that was the very synagogue in which Jesus taught and performed so many miracles. Most of what has been uncovered at the town of Capernaum are the remains of basalt houses from Jesus's time. That certainly makes up the town of his day. That is his own hometown during his public ministry. Now, what's really neat is also on display at Capernaum are a bunch of stone carvings, pillars and their capitals from ancient times. And since Jesus was a carpenter and the primary building material of his day was stone, I like to wonder if any of those carvings on display might have been made by his own hands. <laughs> now, we can never know for sure, but it's, it's fun to daydream about something like that. But Capernaum is one of the places where you can quite literally walk where Jesus walked. So, Daniel, what trivia challenge do you have for us this week? Well, every time we get together by podcast, I do plan to have a trivia question for our listeners. And today our trivia question revolves around geography. Now, our listeners don't know this, but I happen to know that uh, you, Adam, are definitely strong in that category. So I bet, even though you know this question and answer already, I bet if you if I'd asked you, you'd have gotten it right from the from the get go. But today's so. question, yep, today's question is about uh, continents. So here we go. Um, a little background first. Israel is situated on a crossroads between Africa, Asia, and Europe. Israel has seen its share of trouble during its history because of its because it's of its unique location. Ezekiel five five says, "Thus says the Lord God: This is Jerusalem." I have set her in the midst of the nations and the countries all around her. So Egypt from the southwest, Arabian horsemen from the south and east, Syrians, Babylonians, Romans, and Crusaders from the north have all marched down Israel's roads, sometimes on their way to other destinations, but more often to conquer. In any event, here's today's trivia question. You ready? Israel is part of what continent? Israel is part of what continent? Stick around and we'll have the answer for you later in the podcast.
there's always so much going on in Israel, both in history and today. We could talk all day long about the latest findings and happenings, and we would probably entertain each other just doing that all day, Daniel. For sure. <laughs> but today, our main focus is on the showdown between David and Goliath. There have been some great mismatch stories over the years. I'll always remember the 1980 USA hockey team comprised of college players when they defeated the USSR at the late Placid Olympics, prompting Al Michaels' famous words in the closing seconds of the game when he said, do you believe in miracles? I don't, I don't know if you were alive then or not, but uh, some <laughs> I was of you. Born in 1980. Okay, so technically, there yes. you go. All right. So some of you uh, might remember Super Bowl 42. Maybe that's more along your lines when the New York Giants beat the previously undefeated 18 and 0 New England Patriots. I do remember watching that game. That was okay. David Tyree's helmet catch. I got gotcha. that very clearly. Okay. Uh, and then there's also the 1986 movie. Hoosiers. I've never seen it, but I think it tells the underdog story of a high school basketball team or perhaps Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson for the 1990 heavyweight championship of the world. That reminds me, takes me back to years when we used to box in church. That's a long time ago. <laughs> but there's arguably no greater mismatch story than that of David facing Goliath. David killing Goliath in one shot with a sling and a stone. The young shepherd had successfully protected his flocks back home in Bethlehem from four-footed predators. And now with an unwavering confidence in the Lord, he would defeat a self-confident giant on the battlefield who had dared to defy the armies of the Lord. Let's read what David says in 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel is one of my favorite books of the Bible. I don't know about you, Adam. Yep. But First um, Samuel seventeen thirty four through seven through thirty seven says, but David said to Saul, "Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it, and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear." And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. But many have questioned whether a sling and stone like that of David's could actually kill a giant with one blow. I love physics. Always have. I don't know if you ever uh, enjoyed the sciences like I have, Adam. But um, I've also pastored for 30 years, so it seems like a little bit of a dichotomy there between the two. But yes, I first graduated from Laterno University with a Bachelor of Science degree in mechanical engineering and even worked for a time at an aeronautical company. I've even... My kids make fun of me a bit here, but I've even been known to read my physics book for fun. So. <laughs> Yeah, so this is right up my alley. Um, could David's sling is the question. Could David's sling have produced such deadly force, though? Well, meet Luis Pons Livermore. He's the slinging champion of the Balearic Islands. I, ha I had to look that up. They're located off the eastern coast of Spain. You ever been there? Not to Spain yet. All right. Okay. Well, maybe we can go together. <laughs> His target, he put a load cell, which measures impact 
They mounted it on top of a nine-foot pole, roughly the size of a Goliath's unprotected forehead. The surface of the load cell measured only 4.6 square inches. According to one trauma surgeon, it would require at least 3,000 newtons. Now, that's the measure of force in physics, 3,000 newtons to cause a deadly force to the human skull. So, Luis took his swings at the pole. David needed only one until he recorded a direct hit. And what did the load cell read? 3,620 newtons. Mm. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. First Samuel 17:50. It's amazing that that much force can come from a handheld weapon like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also neat that David got his ammunition from the battlefield itself. Now, to this day, a brook runs along the floor of the Elah Valley. And just like David gathered smooth stones from that brook, our listeners can actually do the same. Yeah, in fact, our group that went to Israel in September of 2020, we went down there to the brook. Well, the brook was dried up at that time, being so late in the summer, but we've been there too. I I got mine several years ago. I stooped down and picked one up, and the one I picked up is is a bit larger than what a normal slingstone would have been. Slingstones typically were the size about like a baseball. Gotcha. I, I got it from the brook myself, and it's on my shelf at home, and I'm sure that I got the very stone that bounced off of Goliath's head, rolled back down into the book <laughs> and into my hands 3,000 years later. I'm sure you did too. <laughs> but a visit to the Elah Valley can be very helpful to get your bearings straight about what happened between Israel and Philistia in 1 Samuel 17. The valley is flanked by two hills. And imagine Israel encamped on the hill to the north and the Philistines encamped on the ridge to the south. And between the towns of Soko and Azekah to the west. David was a shepherd for his father's flocks, and Bethlehem, his hometown, was close by that battlefield, just up the hills to the east. Now, as a boy, David would have been all over that region, so he probably could have made the trip to his brothers blindfolded. His father sent him to bring provisions to his brothers in the army, and the path between Bethlehem and Israel's encampment was short, direct, and David could have easily made it without running into any Philistines. Now, when the Philistines fled after their champion Goliath fell, they retreated to the west through the valley and past Azekah and then on to their own cities. And of course, as we know, God granted Israel the victory by having Saul's army pursue the Philistines all the way to the Gates of Gath and Ekron, the Philistine strongholds. Well, Gath is a place that I want to visit one day. I almost was able to see Gath on our last trip to Israel, but didn't quite were quite able to squeeze that into our itinerary. But now you I'd might like have to... seen it when you were on top of Azekah, because you can look to the southwest, and on a clear day, you can see the hill of uh, of Gath. Yes, I think uh, our guide even pointed it out to us over the hills, but we weren't able to get there. I'd, again, I'd love to go one day. Well, here are two faith lessons to take away from this story. First of all, uh, number one, your courage strengthens others around you. In 1 Samuel seventeen thirty-two, David said to King Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him, meaning Goliath. 
your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. Perhaps you believe that the Lord is asking you to go in a totally different direction from your family, for your family, or you're facing a personal challenge, perhaps a health issue, the loss of a loved one, or the loss of a dream, and it's rattled you and those around you. But face it with courage, and not only will you find for yourself a peace that you didn't think was possible, but you will change your world. The Bible tells us that we will have tough times in this life, but our faith will overcome them, and a watching world will glorify God after seeing your display of courage. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Well, faith lesson number two is akin to the first, and it's this, that your confidence must rest in the Lord. Also in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, David said to Goliath, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. And then David continues in verse 7. He says, The Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. The Apostle Paul challenges us similarly in Ephesians 6.10 when he says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So our confidence must not be in things we have. It can't be in a nice home, a nice car. For me, having been a pastor for so long, a really nice church building. In fact, Psalm 68 says that God is even more awesome than the holy places. Mm -hmm. Our confidence must not be in our abilities, no matter how good we may be with a sling and a stone or a basketball. It must not be in our financial strength, though God may have blessed you in that way. For a church, it must not be in the detailed plans or vision to be bigger, though admittedly every sheep matters to the Lord and must be delivered from the lion's mouth. For you, it can't be in a better job title or a bigger 401k. Ultimately, the battle is the Lord's. It's not yours. It's not mine. It's not Adam's. It's not your pastor's or your parents' battle. Your success as a church, as a family, must come from each individual's confidence in the Lord. I'm going to waver at times, and I'll need to see you step out to meet the giant. It will strengthen me. You will waver at times, and you need to hear me say, the battle is the Lord's. But therein lies our hope. Be brave. Be strong in the Lord. Well, it's time for the answer to our trivia question, which was, Israel is part of what continent? The answer is Asia. Did you get that right? Well, just a bit of news now before we go. If you'd like to organize a trip to Israel, just let us know. You can send us an email at shalomyallministries at gmail.com. Shalomyallministries, no spaces, no apostrophe. Shalomyallministries at gmail.com. And also, if you have a question, contact us, and we'll do our best to answer them. Either Adam or I will take our best shot at it. So, um, Adam, I guess we're at the end of our first 
podcast. It's been a tremendous blessing to be with you. Oh, thanks. I've really enjoyed my time with you. And we thank everyone so much for joining us on the Shalom Y'all Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoyed this look into God's victory over the frightening Philistines through his servant, David, a true underdog story and an example to us all about going forth in faith. Shalom, y'all. Shalom, y'all.